0: Hey, everyone. I'm Ian. And I'm Sam. And this is Do I Like This, the podcast. Yay! This is our second month-annual Mainstream Monthly. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Woo!
1: So for these, we typically kind of talk to each other and figure out what has come out um, in the last few years that we've wanted to see, Mm -hmm. um, that we haven't seen, obviously. We have a few lined up, but this one chose scary stories to tell in the dark, the movie because we both love that book, yeah, this was books a I should say
0: passion from our childhood,
1: yeah. We were obsessed. Um, I, as a child, used to memorize um the stories because I was weird. I was a little goth kid, um like a little emo kid before it was a thing,
0: and I used to read them <laughs> one a night and try not to be scared,
1: yeah, and- unsuccessfully. So we had forgotten that this came out and I don't remember how it came up in conversation, but Ian's like, oh, scary stories tell in the dark. And I was like, duh, we're watching that.
0: So I have this big giant spreadsheet that I'm always updating when I stumble across (laughs) ideas or things. And it's, I have more movies on it than we could do in the next 40 years, but I'm always adding to it because that's how I am. And I was looking for mainstream monthly and I did like the Amazon, like, also, watched and this popped up, and I was like, oh my god, yes.
1: Yeah, and I had a vague recollection of when it came out, seeing the trailer and seeing that it looked like they had pretty faithfully stuck to the illustrations, mm-hmm. which are iconic.
0: I think and we were just talking before this, even more iconic than the actual stories themselves, right. which are good.
1: If you see a piece of art from these books, you know what book it's from.
0: You also feel very uncomfortable and or like something's wrong.
1: Yeah, they're scary. (laughs) If I could have an entire room filled with like framed prints from, is it Stephen Gamal?
0: Is that his name? Or Gamal. uh, However you pronounce it. Apologies for messing If I could
1: have just a room filled with framed prints by him, I would be in heaven.
0: And I would lock that room until our children were old enough to process the (laughs) damage that those prints would do to them. (laughs) Lock
1: it at night and leave all the lights on. Burn lots of sage. Oh, my God. Are
0: we raising our children in a horror movie with locked rooms?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can't go in there. Um, So, yeah. And this movie, we went into it with high hopes. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to read the Wikipedia summary just because that's the easiest way to go through this. And then we'll just Mm -hmm. talk about it. Um, I don't think it's that long, so.
0: Sam, you're on the clock in three, two, uno. Okay. On Halloween
1: 1968 in the small town of Mill Valley, Pennsylvania, three teen friends, Stella, Augie, and Chuck, prank the bully Tommy Milner. When Tommy and his gang chase them in retaliation, the trio flees to a drive-in movie theater where a young drifter named Ramon hides them in his car. They invite Ramon to explore a local haunted house that once belonged to the wealthy Bellows family. Haunted house? Haunted house. Haunted. Sounds like our kid. Haunted. Haunted. All right. I'm sorry. That once belongs to the wealthy Bellows family, who helped found Mill Valley. Inside, they find a book of horror stories written by Sarah Bellows, who allegedly died by suicide in the house. Having followed the group, Tommy locks them inside along with Ruth, Chuck's sister. They escape, and Stella takes Sarah's book. Stella discovers a new story entitled Harold being written in Sarah's book. Meanwhile, in reality, an inebriated Tommy is stalked by the titular Harold, his family scarecrow, after it comes to life. The creature stabs him with a pitchfork, causing Tommy to vomit hay and undergo a violent transformation. Tommy is later reported missing. Stella and Ramon find Harold dressed in Tommy's clothes. Stella is convinced that Tommy has been turned into a scarecrow. That night, a news story, The Big Toe, appears when, with Augie as a main character. The pair, Stella and Ramon, attempt to warn him about the monster, a zombie searching for its missing toe, which is inside a stew that Augie unwillingly eats.
0: <sighs> the
1: grossest part
0: of the movie. Yeah, disgusting.
1: <laughs> Augie disappears after the zombie drags him under his bed. Realizing they are next, the remaining friends attempt to destroy the book with When this proves impossible, they research Sarah's life in hopes of finding a solution. A new story, The Red Spot, is written. When Ruth discovers a swollen spider bite on her cheek, it explodes and releases hundreds of tiny spiders.
0: Uh, That's an understatement on the number of spiders.
1: (laughs) We'll get to that. Ruth is rescued but is traumatized and placed in a mental institution. The group's investigation takes them to a local hospital where they discover that Sarah's brother performed electroshock therapy on her as part of a cover-up operation. The family's mill had been poisoning the town's water with mercury and Sarah was tortured by her family for trying to reveal the truth and blamed for the deed. Almost done. At the hospital, Chuck is attacked by the pale lady, a phantom from his recurring nightmares who absorbs him. Stella and Ramon are arrested for trespassing by police chief Turner, who reveals that Ramon is a Vietnam war draft dodger. Ooh. Ramon reveals to Stella that it was out of fear after his brother enlisted and his dead body was returned to them in pieces. Turner's dog begins to act strangely. And Ramon realizes that the next creature will be the jangly man, a monster from a campfire story that frightened him as a child. The jangly man kills Turner by breaking his neck before attempting to kill Ramon. They're leaving out the best part of the whole creature, but we will get to that. This
0: this w- is not a great. I think this is our first IMDb quality Wikipedia review, yeah. which makes you remember it's crowdsourced material. Right. So I'm going
1: to keep going and then we'll elaborate upon the important yeah, stuff
0: as necessary.
1: Ramon and Stella escape and he lures the creature away with Turner's car while Stella goes to the Bellows house to put an end to Sarah's actions. The jangly man chases Ramon and ends up getting smashed against the grill of another car. Ramon gets out and runs to the Bellows house where he hides from the jangly man under the floor in modern times. Meanwhile, Stella is taken back in time and hidden under a table with the help of young Lulu Baptiste, but is eventually found. They left that whole part out. I was going to say, there's
0: (laughs) so much missing in (laughs) this. Who the fuck is
1: Lulu Baptiste? We'll tell you later. Living out part of Sarah's experience of the torture her family put her through, Stella confronts Sarah's ghost and promises her that she will tell the real story of Sarah's life and truth of her innocence if she stops harming people with her stories. Stella writes down the true story in blood before she, the jangly man, and all the previous monsters vanish. She writes the truth about Sarah's life in the papers to the town, keeping her promise. Ramon accepts his enlistment and shares an emotional goodbye with Stella before he leaves for the war. Stella drives away with her father and a recovered Ruth and states that she believes they will find a way to rescue Chuck and Augie as the film ends.
0: Before we go further, just because it's toward the end, wasn't it in her school paper and not the town paper?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. A lot of this like, was not very clear.
0: Zero out of five, Wikipedia.
1: That was not good. Not strong. Um, it left out pretty significant plot points but it gives you the basic overview it's 1968 which was confusing to me Mm -hmm. so when it when that showed up and it flashed on the screen i thought oh this is like back in time and we're gonna get like a modern day thing this is just setting up what happens no the whole thing takes place in the 60s i think they were going for um a loser's club vibe a stranger things club
0: vibe 100
1: percent thousand percent that's what they were trying to set up here
0: I mean, because you think 2019. I want to say that's just after season two of Stranger Things. or well, like, yeah, as like it's coming. So Stranger
1: a, Things a and It kind of there. came out the new, the new It. Yeah, kind of all came out around the same time. It's like a, a big thing. Like it's it's a good way to tell a story mm-hmm. if you do it correctly. I think this story. I think they tried way too hard here because they knew that they had to please the fans.
0: This is a tough.
1: It's a hard thing to do
0: Pro- unless you're doing a quick anthology. Well, it's a challenging property because it is so beloved and it has a, such a signature style, both visually and in storytelling, oh, wow. that it's going to be challenging to take on.
1: So let's first talk about the like the story, leaving out some of the um, – like the the tales that they're based on and stuff i just want to talk about the story to start with and then we'll kind of go from there
0: the first thing i want to say is the wikipedia review undersold the amazing prank they play on oh yeah the guy tommy the the tommy, bad bully aka throwing a flaming bag of shit onto his crotch in a driving car oh successfully so was mm-hmm. awesome it was Loved so funny. It.
1: And then he like crashed his, it was like a, yeah. a fancy sixties. I don't know, Mustang or I'm not a car person. I don't know. Yeah. Car. Uh, so
0: note to aspiring writers out there. Uh, don't bury the lead or not include details about flaming shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a throwaway thing, I guess, but it's, it's so good. It, so it sets up this animosity. So you have the three main characters, Stella, Augie and Chuck. And, it's like them versus everyone else basically. And so Tommy is the villain. He's dating Chuck's sister, Ruth, or they're which, go- they're going on a date or whatever. I, they're, yeah. they're like going out on dates together or something, Yeah, which is kind of important because, you know, they have their whole little mix up there. The, the three kids run into Ramon, who's a drifter. And so at the very beginning of this movie, it shows us there's a bunch of swastikas everywhere. And I, I was like, um, there are far too many swastikas in this town for my tastes. Um, And apparently that's like Tommy and his gang. I don't know. That's sort of what the vibe I got.
0: They were just really trying to make him as hateable as possible. So that the whole Harold story, you didn't hate Harold. You wanted to like Harold is the way they're trying to set that up. Which is silly. Which is weird because he's the evil creature. Right.
1: So the whole thing was to set up. That Ramon, the drifter, the draft dodger, I mean, come on, really? That's what they went for, but whatever. He, um, He is a brown person in a white town, basically. And so they automatically, he gets flagged by, like, the chief of police as being a troublemaker.
0: So here's my question for you, because you have a much better memory of the original stories than I do. Was any of that part of it? Mm-mm. So that is no. the medium they chose to tell these tales, which is – Such a weird choice because you're telling these stories where the fear and horror comes from these creatures and these visuals and what's happening, and yet you're making victims, both the sheriff and Tommy, of two of these so unlikable that you're rooting for these awful things.
1: Well, and I don't – I found that weird. I didn't even necessarily think about that part of it because – I think they could have made a movie out of that alone and not included the scary story stuff because it seemed very forced. It It did. It seemed like they were just shoving it in, like, you know, randomly. Like, the the pale lady was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And
0: one of the best stories.
1: It's not even the story. The fucking picture is so creepy. Everybody knows who this is. The big lady, she kind of looks like a potato. She's really <laughs> tiny, like, beady little eyes and stringy long black hair. And she's kind of, like, looming, it looks like, mm-hmm. in the picture. And the story is, like, this person ha- keeps having a dream about this woman telling her, I don't remember exactly, like, you need to leave or whatever. And then she goes, like, I need to get away. I'm going on a vacation. And she goes to this, like, room. Like, she gets into this room, and it's the same room from her dream. And then the lady knocks on the door, and she, like, runs away. And that's the story. Yeah. And in this one... The, the potato lady, as I'll call her, she looked amazing. She looked excellent. She looked very creepy. But the way that they used her, she wasn't scary at all. She was just like. Ah, no, ah, it ah. was adorable. She was like a happy little panda who like gave <laughs> him a hug until he absorbed into her body and, and disappeared.
0: One of the biggest issues I had in is the pale lady scenario and in a lot of this, is it's so much they try to jam together that they really don't let any of it breathe and have backstory or have proper setup. They're just kind of forced in. Yeah, because the, the backstory that they use is the vehicle, the woman's book.
1: So Sarah Bellows- Which is fine. Sarah Bellows is, is the, the ghost that haunts the house, basically. And the story is that they left out of Wikipedia is that she would whisper through her wall to children and tell them stories- and that she was also poisoning them, and then they were dying. So the town like turned against her like she was some sort of Frankenstein's monster. I
0: kind of like that story. And I don't so,
1: mind that. Yeah. And I, I'm like, that's an interesting story. Yeah. Why didn't you just make the movie about that?
0: Seriously. You didn't need this whole other side story. Like Ramon's character and all of that? No.
1: So uh, as Wikipedia said, it turns out that what she was actually doing was whispering to the – like she was telling her stories, and she's whispering to the children – Oh, my family's like poisoning the water with their mill. Uh, you might want to tell people that because Sarah gets keeps is kept locked in her basement. So nobody knows what she looks like. She was like mm-hmm. scratched out of family photos, whatever. So that's kind of like the backstory there. And so it turns out she was actually this like really tragic figure who wasn't actually killing anyone. And her family were killing people. But then she's turned into like a vengeful spirit, basically. And so if you.
0: There you go. There's your story.
1: Right. And so you could use her – so Stella steals her book, and in the book are all these scary stories. Mm-hmm. And as every day a new scary story gets written in blood, and it's, and it's one of these scary stories. So Harold, the first scary story. The most frightening story in the books, in my opinion. Horrifying. 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 Nothing about it is the same except for it takes place on a farm and Harold is a scarecrow. You were
0: very angry when that I was happening. I <laughs> hated. I hated this. Watching this with you was well, I mean, I guess both of us, but you were well, very here's frustrated. Here's the thing. With this this is a
1: beloved property. Yeah. And and they needed to pay more attention to the people who were gonna come out to see it, which are the fans. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, this the movie they made was for a child. This was a movie for like a 10 to 12 year old, in my opinion. It was a kid's movie. It was not an adult's movie. No. And this movie needed to pander to us who well, grew up reading these I was going to say, and the
0: challenge is this book was written in what, the late 80s, early 90s? So you're talking about 30, 40, 50-year-olds being right. the primary audience who grew up with this. Right. So
1: they had to take that into consideration, and I don't think they did at all. No. At all. And here's the thing. So when you take a story like Harold which just briefly, it's like three guys on a farm and they have this, this scarecrow Harold and they just like basically take out all their aggression on it. They abuse it, whatever. And, and as time goes on, Harold starts to like come alive basically. Mm -hmm. And it's like very creepy. And so they all decide like, fuck, we're getting out of here. So they leave, but they forget like an expensive piece of equipment. So one guy has to go back to get it. Mm -hmm. And so his friends are waiting, waiting, waiting. And they finally like start to head back and they're watching and Harold like when they, when they're they're still far away they see harold up like on the roof like stretching out a bloody human skin because he obviously murdered the guy yeah and it's like ter- like i have goosebumps because that score you that story used to scare the shit out it's of me and that illustration story that illustration used to like haunt my dreams okay and they did it he looked perfect he was he good looked he
0: was perfect
1: really good. he was so creepy and the storyline they used him for was garbage I wanted Harold to win, like you said, yeah. Because the guy that he was killing was was trash, trash. Okay, and
0: they made he him sucked. out to the, to be a villain, right? So instead of and having- they didn't,
1: but they didn't build any of it up. Like they didn't build up like no any tension at all. It was really silly the way that it happened. I I turned to you as he was like the the scarecrow. Like Harold murdered this kid Tommy, stabbed him with a pitchfork, and then Tommy's like pulling. Hey, out and I was like, "Wait, what is happening?" <laughs> I literally is joked he... to him, "Like,
0: is he becoming a Blair Witch monster?" <laughs> right?
1: And I was like, "Wait, is he becoming a scarecrow?" And I was like, "No, no, it's not what the story is about. He's supposed to fucking skin him. If anything, yeah. like, come on, if you're not going to do anything, right? At least skin the guy." So, nope.
0: <laughs> what this movie felt like was too many drafts or too many cooks in the kitchen trying to come up with. A medium to put these stories in when they actually had it. Like we said, the Serebellos plot line is fine. That gives you these kids get into a house, they find a book, stuff starts happening, go from there. You don't need to overcomplicate it with these overarching themes of, you know, draft dodging and small town racism. And and, and and hold on, is that, that
1: is that really the worst thing he could do? I guess at that point in time, to like a bunch of racist white people, I guess. I
0: don't know, but. But also, it doesn't matter. And it does not. It doesn't uh, do anything to the it story. Do anything. And, and let's be real 10 to 12 year olds aren't going to understand Vietnam War draft dodging if that's your audience.
1: Right. I think they said it in the 60s because they wanted to use that aesthetic, which was not obvious at all. Like halfway nope. through the movie, I forgot that it was supposed to be in the 60s. And I was like, oh, wait, right. I forgot. If anything, they should have said it in the 90s like the late 80s early 90s when these books were written. Agreed. I just can't get over how underutilized the the um the Alvin Schwartz stories who's the guy who wrote the books how underutilized they were. They
0: felt like an afterthought. They
1: really did. At one point they like you know he's slipping through the book and he like who's like oh this story blah. and he like says a story title and I'm like, oh, are we gonna get that? And no. And then he's he makes a joke to her, like, oh, this guy, he his dog's a rat, like you know, little stuff like that, like all these, all these, you know, iconic stories. And they and they're just really like you said, they're an afterthought. And then so the second one we get is the the stew with the okay.
0: toe. I was about to say, let's talk about one of the best things they did though, which was yes. the grossness of that toe. And I really liked the ghost coming after. Yes,
1: him. I was going to say the whole thing with the stew and the toe was dumb as fuck. It was them shoehorning the story. In. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Augie, right? It was Augie. He gets home. He's and you hear him. He's on the phone with his mom. He's like, "Come on, mom, you didn't even make me dinner, and I'll just eat the stew that's in the fridge." Oh my god. What do you mean? What stew? It's right here. Whatever. And I'm like, oh come on. So he's then his friends call. Stella's like, "Don't eat the stew." blah 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 because she's reading the story as it's being written and he's like what are you talking about and he's the stew has like a toe floating in it and he's like so
0: visible he's
1: eating the stew and then he puts the whole toe in his mouth and like pulls it It, so
0: gross (laughs) it was gross gross, but it was dumb it was dumb
1: and it wasn't even the right story like the the way they like mix the two stories again so the this one is um you know, the zombie toe gets put in the stew or whatever. And then the, the, the person comes from beyond the grave to get it back, which is the basic idea of what happens in, in the movie. And, um, the ghost is from a different story, like a different illustration to a different story. It's not Mm -hmm. the same thing, which for me, I was like, but you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm a purist, so I'll have to let that go. Um, because she
0: looked awesome. She looked great. She looked very good. She looked very creepy. It was good. They did some really good creature and art design in this well, movie. Well, and
1: apparently a lot of the creature stuff except for the jangly man thing were practical from what I from what I read, but I didn't read a lot, honestly. Uh because I just was like so frustrated after watching it. Yeah. But she looked good. She looked real creepy. It, t- it was like too long of like the stalking of him like hiding under the bed oh and me like, and it just was like too long but fine and then the way that she like pops up she pops up underneath the bed and like pulls him away and he's like pulling away for like a really long time like mm-hmm. longer than what it would be under the bed normally like it it was creepy. it was good. I liked what yeah. they did and that was that was it I didn't really like any of the other ones that they did unfortunately.
0: No. so then let's move to the spiders. I think that's – Oh,
1: so so they set that up kind of uh, a little earlier on. Mm-hmm. So Chuck's sister, Ruth, who was dating Tommy the Jerk Hole.
0: The only one <laughs> in stereotypical 60s clothing. Yes.
1: she She's like, oh, I have a pimple. And I was like, oh, that's going to be the spiders. And yeah. Ian's like, Yeah. So I actually I didn't really hate that one. It was like fairly effective. It was a little silly, but it was fine.
0: It was very forced again.
1: Oh like it, it absolutely was. Every single one of them were very forced. Yeah. They were shoehorned in. It's like somebody took a different script and were like, "Oh, you know what? Let's make the scary stories and like shove a couple oh, of the scary stories in." Oh, that's an interesting in. thought. Yeah, that's 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 my take on what I think happened. That's my hypothesis. Okay.
0: Um
1: so she has. She's like at a school play, putting makeup on it, and she's getting bigger and bigger, and it turns into like one of those so
0: aggressively big.
1: Like immediately within seconds, it's huge. It's like half of her face. She runs to the bathroom. A little little
0: spider leg pops out. It's like so. Tell me about this. If your face blew up that quickly, are you going to the bathroom to poke at it, or are you getting help? I'm getting help. Yeah, that was horrifying.
1: Horrifying. Listen, I don't like spiders at all that scene with, like, the little leg poking out, I, I had to tell Ian, I'm like, just tell me when when the spiders yeah. come out, because oh, I can't watch that. Me, it was so
0: gross. You me say exactly what you said. You said to me, you hate that, and you also hate those pimple-popping videos, and you're mm-hmm. like, this is the worst combination of the two. Yes. Which it was, absolutely. Absolutely. So
1: gross. So then the spiders explode out of her face, and they're obviously very CGI'd, and there's, like, a bajillion of them. So
0: there. many. Not just
1: a couple hundred. Like, the entire
0: room is filled with spiders. Think of your nightmare of if you woke up in a room that was move the walls were moving. Yeah. They were that color. And they were
1: all over her body biting her, whatever. And That's so, how many. So the, the ghosts of Sarah Bellows after she's released. Um she's going crazy. She when when ev- anytime any of this happens we see like a shadow. And that's Sarah Bellows. And she's there telling the story
0: and killing people. Conveniently uh, our main characters arrive in the, in the bathroom, throw a bucket of water to get all the spiders off her, and she doesn't die.
1: Right, so she winds up being sent to like a mental institution. I mean, I it was I would the probably 60s, yeah. Listen, I might lose my
0: mind. I would be very
1: traumatized by that. I might, I might have a a few days in some sort of. I don't care. feel
0: like I would ever <laughs> be able to see a wound on my body again and not be terrified that there were spiders in it. Like that's how messed right. up that would At make minimum, me. Yeah, so. A question I had and one of the plot, I guess, holes in my mind. Why is she going after all the kids when one of them took the book? Like, there's never really explained why her vengeful spirit is doing this.
1: It's really not
0: explained well
1: at all. At all, period. So I think we should say... At the beginning of the movie, um, they all break into a house, the Bellows house, and they find, like, a secret room in the basement where Sarah Bellows was kept. Oh, yeah. And that's where they find-
0: Her crazy tortured dungeon. right?
1: And that's where they find her book and whatever, um... Like I vaguely and, remember and the main Stella, character
0: saying like tell us a story Sarah or something.
1: Right, she she opens uh Stella like opens the book and she's like tell us a story Sarah about us. But then and then the, and then the ghost is like all right bitch and then so then Stella steals the book from the house and that's kind of what sets all this off I guess. I don't know. I don't know if it was her I, stealing the book. I, I don't know if so it was many her, her asking for questions on why so the story. it was the main
0: character who asks for the story and I usually in horror I think back to Cabin in the Woods. The one who transgressed is punished. Yeah, but the other ones were there all by the circumstance.
1: People, no, it's all the people around you first right. to, so that you suffer. But what I guess. Okay. I think, I think what it is is I don't that. I love that. So I think that the way that they were trying to set it up was she was accused of murdering children. And now she's like, well, fuck it. I don't care. I guess if I'm accused of it, I might as well. I think it was just anybody who happened to be associated with the people, all the people who were in that room were the people who, who were affected.
0: I truly think it was like, Hey, we need enough victims to tell a bunch of stories. So we know we're going to just skip the details here.
1: So then the next story is actually um, an amalgam of a couple stories, which I fucking hated. Uh, So first of all, the jangly man isn't a thing in any of the scary stories. I don't know if it's a thing in like different cultures or something. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually kind of sounds vaguely familiar, but I could be very wrong. But um,
0: it's just made me think of Candyman every time. Like you say, (laughs) he said his name He's like jangly man. I was like, don't say it three more times. So how many, many more times.
1: So it's the um, the only I know that it's more than one story, but I can't remember off the top of my head exactly which ones they are. But there is a story of like a guy in a cabin in the woods with his dog and like a head. Like he keeps hearing the like hunter, somebody yeah. saying the like Doty Walker, me Doty Walker, yeah. wh- whatever. And his dog starts like talking, and then the head comes down. Um, the chimney and that's and and like I think like other body parts but that's it like yeah like nothing
0: I actually like the opening of that as the body came through and the dog like I thought that that, scene was fun
1: that looked like I was like okay that's pretty creepy but then when the thing started like screaming and yelling and then so all the body parts come down and and then they all
0: isn't good on it and then
1: they all join together into a gigantic like spidery type man it looked like a play-doh guy that's he looked very silly um so, yeah, they left that out of Wikipedia. So, the jangly man is basically his body comes apart
0: and he's then a crash test dummy. Or he's a Mr. Potato. Yeah, man. yeah. Meets a crash um, test dummy. Yeah.
1: And so he kills the sheriff because the sheriff happens to be right in the way. And then he's going after Ramon. And he's calling him a coward because basically all the stories are like your worst fear. So it's – we figure out like halfway through, oh, it's using like your worst fear against you or something to that
0: effect. was Augie's worst fear eating a gross foot part? I I don't know because (laughs) – well, or being poorly fed by his parents.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, we we left out Chuck because Chuck happens first, but his is the the pale-faced woman. He says it was a dream he was having and then they're like, "What if it's our fears?" And then she comes. They're like they happen to be in the hospital. They're like in the mental hospital wing that's closed down oh, and then they, to get they find Sarah yeah, Beller's yeah. records, which is an actual record like on a Victrola. <laughs> like it's really ridiculous. Um so then Chuck gets absorbed by. She looks like adipose from Doctor Who. She, uh, yes. with hair, oh, and I so love adipose. and she was just like, <laughs> like little
0: cuddly, like. Oh, I know. She was just making cute noises. Like she <laughs> was a
1: little imposing, like she was a little creepy because she looked just like the thing from the book. But that's that's the only reason why she was
0: creepy. If I didn't, well, and, just, and then she was coming from different directions every time. he Right, and if yeah.
1: I didn't associate her with that illustration, I probably would have been like, oh, she's an adipose, oh, yeah. you know. So. That happens, yes. and I and Ian and I looked at each other like, "Wait, what? What? What just happened?" She literally hugged him until he went inside of her body, and then that's the
0: end. So, if they're setting up a sequel, which I truly think they they are,
1: are. they are. I read that.
0: I know they are. I'm already angry that these are kids are just taken to a special dimension. If they end up in the Upside Down, more or less, I'm going to be really annoyed. <laughs> it's a crossover
1: series, yeah. <laughs> uh, that would have been a better movie
0: Uh, Oh it was it was called stranger things the tv show
1: so back to the jangly man so they are inexplicably stella and ramon are locked in jail cells at this point because augie and chuck had disappeared and they're you know under suspicion or whatever oh and oh and tommy had disappeared because he had turned into a scarecrow uh whatever so again like this story is a clusterfuck yeah and the jangly man comes, he's trying to get through the bars, so he starts like squeezing himself through the bars, yelling at Ramon that he's a coward. So I'm like, oh, so he's playing on the fear that he like doesn't want to go fucking die in Vietnam. Like, who made this movie? Vietnam, for the most part, is is renowned for being a colossal mistake. It was started with a fake um explosion basically the the US government made up the reason why we went there it's on fucking record like unclassified documents prove that that's the truth most people at this point in time are like yeah that was a terrible mistake that is not to say like the veterans who fought and all the people who were there did not you know put their lives on the line and are not heroes but what I'm saying is at this point when you make this movie and you're like, oh, you're an evil, nasty
0: draft dodger. Ooh, you're a coward. It's like, shut up. And I think uh, the more important point, less that is, this war was such an awful, violent, terrible war. No one wanted to go.
1: If you're making a movie in 2019
0: about like, you're a draft dodger. Like nobody thinks that way anymore. No, no one does. It was, it falls in line with all of the, superficialness of this mess of a plot. Right. Because there was no depth. It was all surface level things thrown together. There was no depth to these characters. Except for that Stella's mom left.
1: And so I kept thinking, I actually wrote down, oh, I have yeah. little notes in my phone. I was like, ooh, is Stella's mom going to be a ghost monster? Stella's
0: dad might have been my favorite actor in the movie. Because
1: uh, Stella's dad was Hank from Breaking Bad. Yeah. He's incredible. So... But unfortunately, he's he's underutilized. I think I read. In, I know.
0: Good on him getting that paycheck and not right. doing. Much. I think I read
1: in the notes that he was only there for like one day. So perfect makes sense. Um, but. Yeah, I kept thinking like, oh, is her mom gonna be one of the monsters? Is her mom gonna be one of the ghosts? That would be amazing. Is, no. Is her mom snow based? Yeah. <laughs> Snowbase is her mom. Snowbase is her mom. <laughs> 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 Listen, obviously you know that this is how my brain thinks about everything at this point. Hey,
0: I wouldn't have put it past this film the way it did it. Right. It would have made it better. Too, it took made way it too better. many liberties with the stories, so
1: it would have been like thirteen ghosts, where like it's like, oh, the ghost is their mom and saves them. Spoiler alert. Um So, yeah. So the jangly man is coming after them. They last second get out. He gets locked in the cell. He's chasing them. When he gets hit by a car in the Wikipedia thing, he gets smashed. His body parts all fall apart. And then he gathers himself back together. And so that part was like,
0: uh, first of all, that kid would have been dis- devastated driving oh. the car and crashing into a Yeah, he a semi. intentionally
1: crashed headfirst into a semi going like 80 miles an hour. And I was like,
0: you're and dead. He just gets out fine and runs away with no yeah. damage. Yep, sure.
1: Um, So then they get, they our characters wind up in the haunted house at the end, Stella and Ramon. And somehow Stella's back in time as Sarah <sighs> Bellows. And Ramon is in. In real time with the jangly man, and she like drops her glasses and he finds them covered in dust. And I'm like, shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah. This because
1: it did fucking... nothing for the storyline. Like it didn't, it didn't help him, it didn't help
0: her. We already we knew she's... they were both in the same place. Right. It was dumb. He also barely knows her, so how is he recognizing her glasses? It was very dumb. Anyways.
1: So that happened. And so there's the whole like at one point, they're trying to find out about Sarah Bello. so they they go find Lulu Baptiste, who is like the daughter of one of the maids or something. And so this is the this is the one thing I liked. So one of the things in the scary stories books is um, the hearse song, which I mm-hmm. memorized as a child. I'm not going to say it right now, but it's it's. Uh, have you ever laughed as a hearse go, goes by because you may be the next to die? So yeah,
0: they it's use creepy.
1: they use that tune in this in a music box, which mm-hmm. I love. Uh, they use it. Lulu Baptiste who was really good. singing it. She's like hundred and fifty when they go see her and they're trying to ask her about Sara Bellows. and she I don't even remember She's what she said. It was creepy
0: and good. It was
1: useless, but she was fun. Yeah. But it was totally useless. It was like a one minute long scene. They didn't get anything from it except that she started singing that song and I was like, Yes. Um
0: I mean, I guarantee you the whole plot was for that scene was just have them chat with her so she can sing this creepy song.
1: Right. So then and then they leave and nothing happens. But um so in the flashback, when she's back in time with Sarah Bellows, she sees a little child, Lulu Baptiste, mm-hmm. who, who hides her under the table and then whatever the family finds her and beats her and throws her in a room. And so she's alone in this locked room and she starts talking to the ghosts of Sarah Bellows while Ramon is in the other dimension being haunted by Jangly Man. Yeah,
0: Jangly Man. And then finally like getting caught by him right as she's making a deal with Sarah Bellows.
1: The end of this movie, (sighs) I'm gonna tell you what I wrote. I hate this ending. I hate this movie. Hate, so disappointing. Call it something else and I would have been fine with it. It was created for fan service, but it did not serve. Because the end of this movie, she's like, Sarah, you were innocent, and I'm going to prove it to the world, and you don't have to be angry anymore. And Sarah's like, okay. And that's the end. my story in your blood, and I'm good. Right. So she starts like writing in in her own blood, like, Sarah was innocent, and she didn't kill anybody. was her family.
0: everything fades away, and the world is normal. Right. Except, Talk about a day sex machina moment.
1: Except Augie and Chuck are, Chuck are still missing. The sheriff is still dead. Like, everything that happened still happened. But, like, yeah. all the monsters are gone, basically. And so, you Tommy's know. Tommy's
0: still a stare, scarecrow, probably.
1: Right. So we get, um, like, Ramon and Stella are friends. And he's going off to Vietnam. Um, his, or she has, like, written in the paper about Sarah Bellows and her family. It's like two hundred years later. Like nobody, no really one gives a
0: cares fuck. anymore. Right. And then it's her, her dad,
1: and newly released Chuck's sister from or the broken hospital. out for all we
0: know. Right.
1: All together driving down a highway like they're gonna go <laughs> find. It. it reminded
0: me of, of Hopper and Eleven driving in the truck together. Like where are they going? I don't know because it was a mess of an because ending. Because it's not like you're driving into the
1: abyss where your friends are. You're just driving. To drive. The one thing that was weird about this movie was that the ambiance of the movie was, like, kind of silly and childlike. And that underlying story was, like, very dark. And the Mm -hmm. depths were, like, very dark. So... It's not often that you get, like, the, you know, the Losers Club. I call them, like, the, the gang of kids that are going to save the world kind of thing. It's not often that you get half of them die. No.
0: Or disappear,
1: for lack of a better word.
0: There, that was, the tonality was odd. It was very what bizarre. what I thought they were going for.
1: Yeah. And so that, to me, is like, oh, there's definitely a sequel because they're they're not dead. Like, you're not going to
0: kill kids. Oh, I hope they don't get funding and they are dead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because stuck with the
0: decisions you made, movie.
1: It's very clear at the end that she's like, "We're gonna find them," and I'm like, "Oh, so they're alive? Okay, whatever."
0: The only way I'm okay with the sequels, they find them, is they find them and they're fucked up, like Mm -hmm. Will in the Upside Down, messed up. Like you can't just find them and everyone, everything's okay. We're back. Well, here's the thing: the Alvin Schwartz book, Scary
1: Stories to Tell in the Dark, there are three volumes. There's a fucking lot of them. They used Mm -hmm. four, and then they meant or five, and they mentioned one, like they barely scratched the surface and they didn't even use all the the really good ones they used harold which is a really good one they used some of the more like well-known ones but there's some really freaking
0: scary ones that they didn't even touch okay so here's my bigger picture thought about all this if i'm going to take scary stories and do it i'm gonna take them individually
1: Right. And, and do build anthology. a
0: world around Harold and make that a full film. Take these great ideas and make a movie out of them. Don't try to slam them together in this world that it doesn't fit or the story that doesn't work. Because like you said, there are a lot of really good stories. A, you can create a cinematic universe in your own way and make a lot of money well, and, what and stretch this say. out. I was going to
1: say. You could, you could do a world where Harold is a thing and then, like the the witch, where you nail the witch nail into the tree or whatever, mm-hmm. is another thing. if If you guys have read the stories, you know what I'm talking about. Um if you
0: haven't go read them, they're amazing. yeah, they're
1: really even they still hold up too. And they're short. They're really short. Some yeah. of them are like a paragraph. Um, it's
0: very shell silverstein like in in the length of a lot of them.
1: You know. yeah. so you know you can you can have like this world where all of these things are happening. And it could be, like, fucked up, and it could be the influence of, like, one person who's, like, making it happen. But this was just, like, the tone was so off. The setting was way off. Like, everything about it felt like a different movie where they just were like, oh, let's add this to it. And so, again, I'm going to say the ghosts looked really cool. The acting was fine. Hank from Breaking Bad was in it. Um. I I just really think that they they cater to the wrong audience. They cater to children and they didn't cater to the people who read and love the books who are coming to the theater to see this movie.
0: It feels in a lot of ways to me like a cash grab with a uh, property.
1: Absolutely. I don't think that the person who made this movie loved the stories. I think the person if they even read the stories at all, I think they were probably just handed a few stories like here make a movie with these. Mm-hmm. That's my idea anyway. Um, I think if they read the stories at all, they read them like very like near to when they wrote the script.
0: Uh, And also with putting them into a movie in mind.
1: Yeah. They were an adult. They didn't read these like growing up and them being beloved and them being like something that scared them at night when they went to bed. Like this, this was not written by someone who loved these stories.
0: This definitely does not feel like a passion project in any way.
1: It doesn't even feel like a person who gave any fucks about the stories at all in any way, in my opinion, as a person who gives all the fucks about these stories. Yeah. And I know that I am taking it way more personally than a lot of people would because <laughs> I love them so much. That's okay. Um, But I really do feel like, again, like, you know who the audience for this is. Write for that audience. They didn't write for me. <laughs>
0: so I guess this is where we'll talk for a moment about a bigger picture issue you have in movies and in television – And oftentimes in Hollywood in general, sometimes they don't know who their audience is or the umbrella is trying to get too large of an audience when you really need to tailor this to fans because if you don't, you're not going to attract the people who are going to be passionate supporters – and you're not going to win over the people who are your general audience cuz it doesn't do anything. I up. think
1: that it doesn't have to be only for fans, but I think you have to put enough of enough of like the meat in there for the fans because those are the people who are ultimately going to be drawn to go see it. And so you want them to say like, yeah, that was enjoyable. You mm-hmm. should go watch it, you know, cuz yep. you're you're always going to get the people who just love horror movies, who just love this sort of thing Us. who are going to go see it no matter what, whether they know the stories or not. And I think that's why in the trailer, they didn't really give you a whole lot except for the ghosts because you got all the people who love those stories, who see those iconic pictures, who see these ghosts. You're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to go see that. And you go in and you're like, what is this? This is a movie for a child.
0: You go, I didn't know I was getting a kid buddy movie. I thought I was getting like a dark adult horror movie.
1: I don't know. It felt like Hocus Pocus. Smashed together with these stories, and I was incredibly disappointed.
0: So, there are definitely things as you can tell from this. You know, this movie, we I wasn't a huge fan at the end of the day, I did not like it. Uh, no, no, I podcast. didn't like it
1: either. Unfortunately, it, it was
0: challenging because I'm such a fan, like you are yeah. of the source material of these books, they hold such a dear place in my heart. And I am appreciative that we got Harold, that we got oh, yeah, you know, some of some really good art in this movie. Yes, We got to spend a little time with some of the things we like, but it really left me on this sour, empty note going, that's not what I signed up for when I started this. What did I just watch?
1: It was unlike anything I expected. I went into this being so excited, like, oh, I know it's probably going to be hard to do. Because how Uh do you tell this story? But I'm going to be really open-minded because I really love these stories and I'm really excited about it. And at first, I was like, okay, this is kind of silly, but it's fine. Like, I was okay with it. But as it unfolded and everything just was so, like, muted, it was very PG. It was very dumbed down. I, I just kept hoping for them to, like, ramp it up, ramp it up, ramp it up. And it wasn't scary, except for the zombie lady with the toe. That was that was fucking creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. She was creepy. She looked real good. She and, was ha- and Harold, like you said, was good. and Harold looked creepy. But f- but the thing, like I thought it was going to give me nightmares because that story creeps me out so much. And I was like, oh, that's it, okay. But you know, they did do a really good job on on that. The kids were good actors that actually Augie and Chuck were really funny
0: oh yeah we enjoyed them yeah.
1: yeah Augie reminded me of is it Chet from Bajillion Dollar Properties the really dorky guy
0: oh I don't remember their name I i know I you know see who I'm the talking face about? I just can't remember the character name he but also yeah, yeah, yeah. he also
1: plays BJ and Righteous Gemstones which is basically the same character he's hysterical he's like the tall pale freckled redhead we'll put him dude. up on Instagram He's very funny. But that's who Augie reminded me of, like a very obviously a very young version of him. So I was like he was like this weird, awkward, funny kid. And he was like kind of he was like pretty smart, but like like not street smart at all. Yeah. And he would make like references to like he he like dressed up as an opera character.
0: <laughs> it was great. So no, yeah, I,
1: I, I really liked them and I so that's why I was excited because it does I love the Stranger Things vibe. I love the Mm -hmm. It vibe because Stranger Things is It basically just retold because the guys who did Stranger Things wanted wanted to do do It, it, so they wrote their own movie, which is fine because I love both of them equally. And so I love a good kid gang. Stan Lott. What else? Stand By Me. Mighty Ducks. Stand By Me. Like all that stuff. I love a good gang gang of whippersnappers, right? Young Guns. Yeah. (laughs) They're a little older, but yeah. Yeah, exactly uh so i love that i just i just didn't think they pulled it off unfortunately i think they made a kid's movie out of something that should have been like you know teenage adult material and they geared it to the wrong audience unfortunately
0: agreed completely
1: i think if i was a kid i would have liked this movie and i think if i didn't know anything about these books i would have liked this movie maybe not loved it but i would have been like that's fine
0: uh, if you watch this movie and you have different opinions, we'd love to hear your background going into this movie. Yes, so, please. So send us an email. Uh, you can reach us at doilikethispodcast at gmail.com. You can find us at podcast.com. Uh, do I like this podcast on Instagram? The Duddy and James on Instagram. Do I
1: like this pod on Twitter? We have a Facebook page. Do I like this podcast? We have a YouTube
0: page that has not been updated. I got to get on that. Uh, I'm I know aiming we, for we, end of summer to really. We say get that every that. time. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> next month we will try to get something a little more next horrifying month? for next the mainstream month? monthly.
1: Next month I have one in mind already that I've seen before that you haven't, and it'll be good. I promise. All right.
0: Well, there you have it. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for listening. We'd love, again, to hear your thoughts. Oh, and if you really enjoy us, please rate us and follow us on and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. makes a big difference. Subscribe on any listening device you are. Uh, We appreciate – I just want to shout out. We just passed 1,000 listeners' downloads in India. So thank you to our wonderful fans over there who are really getting into us the last month or so. We're thrilled to have you joining us, and I can't believe our little chats make it that far across the world. For reals.
1: Uh, So I know that our um, episode last week got skipped because we have some stuff going on. But it's nothing bad. It's just very busy, hectic life chaos In the good kind of chaos. Legitimate chaos. Uh, So new episode will be up this week. And we have a very special guest. Who might be related to me. Who might have a great beard. Um, So keep an ear out for that. And we will give you more updates. does
0: have a great beard.
1: Uh, He did shave it a a little while ago during the pandemic and it was horrifying.
0: It's not back. He's not coming on. I'm kidding. He's coming on. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Bye.